Welcome to Caring Connected Conversations. I'm Sydney, a spiritual mentor who guides and supports you to live in alignment by finding and owning your power. I'm Angie, a fitness and life coach, teaching you to love yourself unconditionally by staying accountable to your goals in fitness, food, life, and love. Sid and I are real-life BFFs and biz partners. Our deepest desire is to see you succeed in life by being willing and vulnerable to step out of your comfort zone. We're constantly learning from each other while also providing support through every breakdown and every breakthrough. Not every conversation is easy. It's the difficult ones that lead you to create deeper connections in your life. We want to inspire and empower you to love your life. So get ready for conversations filled with laughter, tears, and everything in between. Let's get connecting. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Caring Connected Conversations. And welcome back to such an exciting episode because this is episode 92. We have another guest speaker on with us, and we are so excited to chat. And with Emily Ann Brandt, she's an Indigenous Canadian author, speaker, and spiritual mentor who retired from working at the age of 28. After years of quote unquote manically manifesting and hustling, she's found a much more peaceful and effective way of operating and magnetizing miracles. It's all about living life the soul's way, and she cannot wait to share her tips, insight, and experience with you guys. So buckle up and get ready for an amazing episode, and let's go ahead and jump right in. (laughs) Hello, hello. We're so excited to have you, Emily. Thank you so, so much for joining us. This is a wonderful opportunity for our listeners to listen to another guest on our podcast and of course hear a little bit more about your story so how's it going today Emily oh my gosh thank you Angie and Sydney for having me I'm so excited to be here and yeah I'm doing great thank you thank you so much for asking how are you guys doing we are doing good I say we as I'm talking for Sid but (laughs) (laughs) always always talking for me No, I'm doing good today. I have no complaints. I had a busy past couple of weeks, but in the most amazing way. So yeah. How about you said, how are you doing? Yeah. Mine's been very opposite from yours, Angie. I'm doing good as well. Excited. I've had a really slow last couple of weeks, slow externally, but busy internally. Mm-hmm. I've been um, digging deep, going hard, integrating, healing all of the yeah. jazz to, to get ready. I really have been feeling this shift into a new cycle. Like I've mm. the beginning of October, yeah. I, um, ended a cycle. I could really feel that. And I've been preparing myself into this new cycle. So I'm pretty excited for that. Yes. Emily, amazing. we want to know anything and everything about you. Um, we've shared a little bit in the intro about who you are and uh, kind of what you do, but can you give us, especially I've been following you for a year and a half now on Instagram. We met um, through a business membership program online and I introduced um, Angie to you. So she's been following you uh, uh, for a little while now as well, but we'd love to know kind of what what got you to where you are today? Like what, what, yeah. <laughs> Give us the basics. <laughs> like how much time do you have? <laughs> Give okay. us the Coles note, the Coles notes version, the yes. things that you find most important. Mm. Okay. So, 
Oh, goodness. It, I, it sounds funny because it's like, well, back in childhood, but it really does start in childhood. So I'll try to keep it as brief yep. as I can. <laughs> um, so I forget now exactly what's in my bio. So I don't know how much you've already read about me, but um, to the audience, but I was born into some physical challenges, right? Some adversities, scoliosis, clubbed feet, and Beale syndrome, which is a rare connective tissue disorder that causes underdeveloped bone and muscles. So really, really skinny arms and legs, fingers and toes, and everything's extra long and just long and lean and bent. Everything is contracted because it's a connective tissue thing, right? And then the clubbed feet is where your feet are twisted out of position at birth. So mine were pretty much upside down at birth. Um, they're still not 100% straight, but I went through a lot of surgeries, braces, casts, physiotherapy, all of the things in childhood. And then a surgery when I was 14 on my scoliosis, which is the curvature of your spine. And that actually, uh, in that I had a near-death experience where I saw my grandmother who had passed away and she essentially told me like, no, 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 you have to go back. You have to go find your mom. You can't be here. You can't come with me. You have to go back. And so it's funny, kind of funny when I tell this story, a lot of people think that that would be my pivotal aha moment, right? Is having this near-death experience, but it wasn't. I was still very young, 14 years old, still very um, self-centered, I guess, very just like trying to survive high school, right? Very insecure about my body and very insecure about my story. Like to sit and tell somebody a story like this would just be like no way, no way I would openly talk about my differences. I did everything to hide, 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 hide. And yet when I was little and I would cry about all of my differences, this is where it gets important to the story. I would cry about my differences and I would kind of talk to God and be like, why, what did I do to deserve all of these, you know, having to go through these surgeries and these differences and having such a weird body, like why? Why can't I just be normal? Let me trade bodies with anybody. And every time I did that, I would intuitively hear what I now know is my high, the voice of my higher self, but I would hear a voice in my own voice in my head that said, because you're strong enough to handle it and because you're going to use it someday to help and inspire other people. And then I would get like visions of myself standing on a stage and inspiring an audience and moving an audience. But that wasn't something that you could really go to school for. So I kind of like, like, <laughs> like becoming a speaker, I just didn't know how you would even do that. So I went for one of my secondary passions, which was interior design. And I kind of kept this in me as like a hidden secret dream. Like, I don't know, someday I'll use it to inspire people somehow. I don't know, maybe I'll get famous through interior design, and then people will want to know my backstory. So <laughs> this is always like this weird dream that got put on the back burner. And then I ended up starting a business um, to fast forward into my early 20s, started a business um, with an MLM company and realized I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to be an entrepreneur, wasn't loving the interior design life. And through this work, you'd end up doing a lot of, um, when you're an entrepreneur, obviously you do a lot of work on yourself. As you ladies know, it just kind of naturally leads you to that path, right? So that's kind of how I got reintroduced to the world of law of attraction and manifestation and energy and mindset and all of this great stuff. And I remembered how much I love it. 
and how even as a kid, I would watch Oprah with my mom and I just so loved it. Like loved, read the book, The Secret, loved journaling, all of this stuff, had a gratitude journal, vision boards. And so I really got back into it. And at a women's retreat in 2019, I, um, this is so not the short story. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm <laughs> okay. loving this. I'm like <laughs> touching too. my seat. Tell me more. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. As long as you're, um, you're liking it. So 2019, I'm at a women's retreat for this MLM company that I'm a part of. And it was really the first time of me actually being exposed to like just taking a weekend to just work on your energy and your spirit and be there for yourself. It's like, whoa, just to, just to work on your soul. Right. And so at this retreat, we're doing a share circle and we're going around and we're supposed to share a pain that we've been through and a gain that came out of it. And up until this point, I did not share my story at all. Like even my closest friends barely knew, like they knew I had surgeries and some sort of complications, but they wouldn't even be able to tell you that like, oh, she has Beale syndrome or she, it's because of this or that. Like I was so, so, so private about all of that, did everything I could to hide my differences. And at this retreat, this voice again, that I hadn't heard really since I was a kid, comes across so loud and clear in my mind and is like, Emily, this is the year that you finally get brave. You start sharing your story like you've always known you're supposed to. And you start to make the impact and the inspiration that you've always wanted to have on people. And, and so I was like, okay, I guess I'm starting right here now. And I decided instead of choosing a smaller pain or like a cop out in that share circle, like I could have, I decided to just put it all out there and share my whole story of everything I've been through, the near-death experience, the surgeries, the bullying, hating my body, everything. And what happened after that was incredible because of course, when you open up your heart to other people and you're vulnerable um, and you just share from your heart, you're gonna attract more love. Like you're gonna get what you put out. So pretty much made like 30 new best friends in an instant at this women's retreat. And like the response from them was just incredible. And I would say that that's how I got hooked on this, like sharing my story and inspiring others. And then later that year I got into coaching. And now two years later, I'm still coaching, but it's not, as you know, Sid, from reading the book, it's not focused on so much law of attraction, which we'll get into. Um, It's more law of resonance and being a channel and allowing the highest good to just work through me and wherever that may take me. Wow. So that's how I got here. (laughs) Wow. That was like, Near the end, I, I personally just teared up. I'm a very emotional person. I'm a very empathetic person. And I, I felt the pain that you had to experience and it was so beautiful the way that you had to, um, find a way to express yourself, right? Cause it's difficult. It's difficult to finally start opening up to yourself and being vulnerable and honest with yourself to really then get into your story. And for you to have that, that voice always speaking to you or has been there, you just kind of forgot about it for all those mm-hmm. years. That's such an amazing thing to, um, to hear. It's like, you finally started to trust yourself. You started to try or started to trust yeah. that voice inside of you. Yes. Thank you so much. And yeah, we all have that voice, right? It's just like, Mm. how long have you been ignoring it or like plowing through it and yeah, not trusting it. 
So I, yeah. I love that so much. And exactly as you said, Ange, and wrapping that up kind of beautifully and learning to trust your voice. And Emily, you said that the near-death experience and that connection that you had with your grandma's spirit, I'm always so drawn to those kinds of moments, whether it's a near-death experience or not, but being able to connect with the other side, that's like, I'm here for it. And so yes. it's interesting that you said it for you, it wasn't the aha moment that people think that it would be right. And mm. I find that really interesting because I think that that happens to us so often in life. We're put into a situation where our spirit is trying to get us to have that aha moment. It's, it's making us have those breakdowns so we can move into the breakthrough. But as a human, it's what are we willing to do with that situation? And you being mm-hmm. still 14 and man in that, like that age, we're so, Uh, focused on how, at least for me, I remember as a 14 year old, so focused on how everyone else views me that Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about how I view myself. Right. And I'm, I'm hiding from my own emotions and I'm ignoring my own experiences because I'm so worried about how I'm being perceived by the outside world. So it's no wonder you didn't, you didn't fully open up in that moment, but then it led you on your path to now getting to this space of being able to write about that experience because that you it's in one of your chapters, um, that entire experience. And I, I was reading it and I, I felt so much magic flowing through your words. And I felt like I was there with you and now how you're starting to understand the impacts of that moment and how you can carry that energy into how you show up in your everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. And as you know, too, I said in the chapter, like I actually didn't even remember that that I didn't know that that happened. And I kind of blocked the whole thing out until years later. And I don't know if it was just the trauma of not wanting to look at it and face it, not being ready at that age of 14 or all of the drugs that I was on, like really, really intense painkillers. Right. Everything was foggy. It wasn't until years later when my sister Um, told her that my mother told her about it and it all came rushing back to me and I think that happened at the perfect time because I was older more mature and like you said like ready to face those things so yeah yes yeah and it's supposed to exactly that's exactly what I was gonna say divine timing right it comes Mm -hmm. back up when we're meant to look at it so I love that now we have a, a, a beautiful understanding of where you've come from and what's gotten you to this space. And like you kind of already mentioned, your book is very different from what we know to be a law of attraction and manifestation. And you've been working with manifesting. I think you mentioned in your book and you just mentioned you always used to watch Oprah. So I would assume that that manifestation kind of started around that age. So you've been in that for a long time. So in this shift and moving towards more of law of resonance, I would love to know the kind of a two-part question. The, the human question is why did you want to write this book? And the, the soul question is why did you listen to the calling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, really. Okay. So the human answer is that I, I guess in my ego, right. I always dreamed of being a writer. Like I wanted to be a best-selling author. I wanted to write a book. I always assumed it would be a book sharing my story. Um, and actually I've had a book on the go working on it 
for years <laughs> sharing my story. And for whatever reason, I could never complete it. And it, nothing would just really flowing. And then with this book, it was just like, whoa, as I learned about the law of resonance, it was only in January of this year. So 10 months ago, right? Um, but as soon as I started learning it and understanding this, these principles in ways that I could kind of digest and make it so I could help other people understand it. I knew I couldn't not share it because the peace and the freedom that comes with this way of operating is the, it's the key to everything. It's the key to everyone stepping up for their calling, everyone um, assisting in us, raising our collective consciousness, like creating the new earth. So this is my way of doing my part to help raise that collective consciousness and also just help people bring more, more peace and freedom into their life because I got caught up in a very masculine way of manifesting where it's like forcing things to happen your way, your will, according to what you think your desires are. But what you think your desires are, as I say in the book, is a lot of times not even for your highest good. There's something even better in store for you. So I was just, once I came across all of this, I couldn't not share it. So that's, I guess... I guess that's the human reason and the soul reason. And that's probably also the reason that it flowed so quickly. Most of it was written in one weekend. Um, and like it was pretty much fully outlined in one weekend. And then I just kept tweaking it, tweaking it, tweaking it, tweaking it right up until uh, the week that it was published. So it was, it was a few months in total, but yeah, I've never had anything flow quite like that book did. That's amazing. And now I'd love to ask you a question because I don't know if we said this at the start of the, the episode or if we just said this in our pre-chat, but I have not read the book and I was kind of nervous at first. I'm like, I didn't read the book. I didn't, I didn't feel prepared. Then I was like, you know what? That's the whole point of this podcast. The whole point of this podcast is to create some care, um, some conversations to be carried forward in our every single day lives. And for me personally, that's how I connect with people. I it's I have a hard time connecting reading to paper and then mm-hmm. like creating that relatability. So the question that I have for you, which I'm sure will resonate with some of our listeners as well, is anybody that's on their personal development, whether it's me, Sid, or any of our listeners here listening, why would they want to choose your book over any other book? Mm, what a juicy question. Um, and also, I just wanted to say for you and for actually, even my dad, he's also a person who doesn't like reading. Um, I'm aiming to get the book up on Audible as well. So you'll be able to listen to it. Yeah, yes. that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Are you, so that's the, you going to be reading next, it? Sorry. Yeah, I want to do it in my oh, own voice. Amazing. Amazing. So that is one of my next projects. But why should somebody choose my book? I would just say if you're, it's, it's, it's definitely for a specific, um, like it depends where you're at in your journey. So I would say it's mm-hmm. actually not like it wouldn't be for someone who's brand new to personal development and to like, for example, somebody who didn't know that their thoughts create their reality or who didn't know that they were living in a victim consciousness and, just being like a little more negative, being more sucked into the circumstances that are around them, they still might need to learn about gratitude and might need to learn about law of attraction and learn that everything they're doing is actually creating their reality. But if you're someone's been doing the gratitude journals, doing the manifestation work, doing the affirmations, you have the vision board, like 
this is really who that book is for, because if that's you, then you've likely experienced the manifestation burnout, as I call it, and talk about it in the book where you're like doing all the things, you're using all the tools and you're trying to work with your subconscious mind, but it's like swimming upstream because it is your subconscious mind is so powerful and it's giving you a brand new way to manifest where you're allowing instead of forcing because focusing so much mm. on what you want, which is what we're taught in the world of law of attraction is actually can lead to counter manifesting because even when you're focused on what you want, your subconscious is focusing on, but what if I don't have it or, but I don't have it, but I want it, but I want it. And wanting is a state of lack. So it's not that law of attraction is not legitimate and valid and always on because it definitely is. And it definitely plays a role. But when we focus too much on that and just how can I get what I want from life, then that's when things can go a little bit sideways or they can feel stuck or they can be, feel frustrating and not even fulfilling because there's a deeper calling within your soul that is seeking to emerge through you. And only true fulfillment can come, sorry, true fulfillment can only come from following that inner voice, from letting yourself be the fullest expression of your soul. This is what leads to lasting fulfillment, lasting bliss, lasting joy. Whereas when we're just trying to attract the external things or experiences, thinking they're going to bring us happiness, that happiness is always temporary. It's fleeting or it's not even what we thought it would be. Um, so if you're ready for like a whole new level of satisfaction and spiritual evolution, then this book's for you. Cause it's definitely not another think positive thoughts type of book. Mm. Yeah. I love I, that. Sorry, go ahead, Sid. I have like, <laughs> like so much, I have so much to say. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> That's why I'm so excited to hear that you're, you're recording it to hopefully put on audible because like yeah. the entire time that I was reading through it, I think I kept I knew, I knew Ange wasn't going to read it because I just know her so well. I wanted to, I, I truly I know. did. No, I totally I know, get I know it. you wanted to, but I'm like so excited because I, when I read it and you say this in the very last chapter, when I read it, I felt like I already knew what you were writing. I already knew the messages deep within me. And mm -hmm. so I felt such a strong connection to it and it's like my human just needed to see it in a new light. Right. And so it was like mm -hmm. a remembering. And yes. I think that's, what's so powerful about this. And it's honestly why I've never connected to the process of manifestation um, in the way that I've wanted to, because right. uh, like your first chapter is exactly, as you said, about manifestation and burnout and having recognition that I'm not the only one that experiences mm -hmm. this. I'm trying so hard to put my energy into attracting the good things, but sometimes things happen where then I'm emotional and I feel really sad and I'm like, oh my God, am I attracting? Like yes. it's this polarity that just is very unsupportive and it's constantly yeah. feeling like you're not doing enough, which I think yes. we already have like that, that societal pressure of feeling like we're not doing enough. And so mm -hmm. I just, exactly as you said, this book is for the person who is tired of the way that they've been doing things and they're ready to find a new way that's easier it's simpler and it feels good and I think we still have to do the work it's not like it's all done and over mm -hmm. with uh, but yep. it feels so much easier and I love that 
I think yes. everyone needs to read this book. I know it's not Thank for you. everyone, but I think everyone needs <laughs> yeah, to read but, it. Yeah, and I'm just thinking too, I'm like, like it could help anyone, even if like, why not go straight to the easier way of manifesting in the more peaceful way, right? But I'm just not sure if the chapter is about like, manifestation burnout and stuff like that might just go over their head if they're like wait I've never even had a vision board yet or hang on I'm just learning about law of attraction now you're telling me like you know what I mean it might not mm-hmm. land as much but um definitely yeah. actually definitely. I'd love to I'd love to chat with you about this the whole vision board idea because I did listen to that podcast so Sid I I don't even remember <laughs> the name of the, the podcast that you had sent me but it was a direct link did your to- vision board <laughs> Yep. Yes. Okay. Exactly. And I listened to it and sitting there the whole time. I'm like, yeah, that's why I never made one because I always felt that internal Mm -hmm. pressure within. And this is even before my personal development journey. Like, you know, in, in grade school, they're like create a vision board. So that way you can see what you want to be when you grow up. And I'm like, I don't want to, because I don't know what I want yet. So why would I try to like force myself into thinking that's what I want when I can change my mind. Like that's where my mind was always at. And then hearing that was that external validation that, yeah, you don't have to go um, towards your goals just because it's a goal. Like you can go beyond that because we don't even know what's beyond that. Maybe something better is to come, right? Divine time. And we've kind of that about that. So yeah, I, I just resonated with it very much so because I was just never coming from a place of vision boards. And it's so funny because Sid is like vision board extraordinaire, or at least used to be after listening to that podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was the queen of vision boards. I was the opposite. Like, I love that you had that wisdom, even as a kid to be like, no, like, I don't know what's coming tomorrow and I can change my mind. That's amazing. That is the attitude we all need to have is just surrendering to well, life knows better than me, right? God, universe, source, whatever you want to call it, knows better than me. So why would I sit here and try to piece what my life is supposed to look like? And usually it's to appease what would make our parents proud, what society deems a success, what would mean that we've made it in the eyes of others. Like if if I'm brutally honest with myself, that's what my vision board was, right? I wanted to have a TED talk because that would mean you made it as a speaker, but it's like but is that actually what my soul wants to do and is that actually going to be for the highest good like there might be something even better that's happening but then if I'm so gripping onto this TED talk and just focusing on that like I could be completely missing the point and missing something even better um so yeah it's beautiful when you can let it all go but that was really hard for me to do because I was such a vision board junkie (laughs) I would say totally yeah Definitely. It's really interesting what you say about like your idea with the Ted talk. Cause that's something that I've had the thought of as well. And as you're speaking and now after reading your book, it makes me think of holding on to that desire so tightly is yeah. holding on mm-hmm. to um, the external validation that you will receive when you reach that desire. Exactly. Right. And I love in, in chapter five, message five, you really break down the law of resonance and the power of being. And through that, you say that it's actually, it's as easy as doing what pleases you. We just have to let go of egos, desires, opinions, judgments, and et cetera. And I love how simple that message is. And the place where I'm at in my life, I can see how I can start to apply that. I can see how, you know, the ego, the desires, the opinions, the judgments, they're the shadow that I need to work through. But I want, I want to know, um, 
what the most, what you've seen as the most common way that people stay stuck or block themselves in regards to the law of resonance? Mm, Ooh, juicy questions, you guys. Okay. (laughs) So I love a juicy question. What I see the most within my clients anyway, who are now wanting to operate with law, law of resonance and be the channel and let their higher self take the reins. And what is probably the case for all of us is that we just have so many, so many layers of roles that we took on, identities we took on, things that we think make us worthy or make us who we are, but it's not the real us. So for most people, it's like the need to break up with what you think is your identity. That's why there's a whole chapter on around identity and who do you think you are is because like, even for me, I got caught up last year in taking on my identity as the 5k, 5k month coach. Cause that was something I mastered. That was something I could teach others. And then I found myself kind of stuck at that level. And then I had to realize, wait, this is just something that I just put on and I forgot to take it off. Like, this is just, it's not the real me as a soul. And so I had to go through like an identity breakup with that and multiple other roles and multiple other things that I took on. So I don't know if it's one thing, but I think definitely like the fear of how others perceive you and that changing scares a lot of people, like even for mothers, especially as an example, like they see mm-hmm. themselves now in that role and that's their identity mm-hmm. and their mom and their they have to be responsible or they have to be this or they have to be that. Um, everyone has their unique life circumstances that kind of place different filters upon them. But that's it at the core is, is the need to remove all of the filters. You think are you that were just placed, placed upon you in this 3D world, but they're not the real you. And so the work, as you referred to, like you said, it's not just there's still work, but the work is removing those and releasing those fears and those false identities and false beliefs that aren't the real you. So you can uncover who you are as a soul and really let it lead you. Yeah. And wow. that brings it back to like allowing versus forcing, right? Like allowing yourself to flow through life rather than forcing it based off of that goal or that desire that you've been trying to reach for so long, right? Because then that comes from that, like you said earlier, that, that place of lack, well, you don't already have it. So, and then now you're stuck dwelling and then you're going to start searching for that instant satisfaction in order to create that sense of peace. At least that's what we thought at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. keep chasing that quick feeling because we think that that's the validation that we need. We think that that's enough, but in reality, it's as soon as we just surrender, then who knows what will come and it will be even more amazing exactly. than what we have exactly. thought. Exactly. You're already, yeah, as soon as you realize you're already a success as you are, like right here, right now, even if you just sat on your couch all day, I was just saying this to my sister this morning, even if I sat on my couch for the rest of the year and did nothing all day, every day, I have everything within me to be worthy of prosperity, to be worthy of healthiness, wellness, like I'm worthy and amazing because I just am as a soul and it's not attached to anything that I do or create or how I show up, like I just innately am. And as soon as you realize that and you deeply, like you put in the work to 
to meditate on that, to connect with that, to connect with the portal of your heart. And it's a remembering, like Sydney mm -hmm. said, it's a remembering of what you already know. Nothing that I share in the book is new information. It's just helping you remember who we really are as souls and how innately worthy we are and how we're all connected to it all. We all have this divine inheritance that we get to enjoy. It's like, anything that comes your way is just extra and it will come your way and it'll knock the socks off any vision board you could have put together. Heck yeah. um, and like Michael Beckwith, he's one of my favorite teachers because he teaches on law of resonance, which not a lot of people do. Um, so he was on the movie, the secret. I don't know if you guys watched the secret movie. Michael Beckwith was on there talking about law of attraction years ago, but he now says like, that's like level one manifesting. And he now teaches law of resonance, which he says is like for a more evolved consciousness. Um, and anyway, he talks about how he, he never imagined that he would be working with the Dalai Lama. Like he wow. would have never in a million years thought to be like, I wanna work with Dalai Lama. But that's something that he like came into his life. He got the opportunity to work with the Dalai Lama and he's like, I just get to marvel at it and be amazed by it. Like that is not something that I would have ever put on a vision board and, and expected from life. Um, yet it manifested because he released and he surrendered and he just allowed himself to be the channel. So I think that's one of my favorite examples of letting life surprise you. I love that. Cause it's, it's like, this expectation, I think that word just yeah. really stuck out with me because that's the societal yeah. norm is we expect people to perform up to a certain level because we're all placed into these boxes. So we already have these expectations outlined based off of how everything has happened in the past. Whereas now we're moving into a completely different shift. And the more of like people like us that are actually talking about this and finding a way for it to actually apply within our life is so beautiful because it, it just proves that there is life outside of the box, right? We don't have to create these expectations in order to receive what we want. We can also keep doing what feels good for us and then see what yeah. there is even more of what we didn't even know was possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Sydney kind of touched on it earlier when she said about the uh, just doing what, you know, the simple message of just doing what brings your soul joy, like doing yes. what you love to do as a soul. Uh, it's just, it's so important. And it's so um, beautiful, too, when you realize, like, wait, why would I want to rush through to try to, like, hustle and get to a result? Why would mm. I rush through doing something I love? Like, why would I not want to stop and be fully present and just be with this joy that's in my soul fully? What's the rush? Yeah, exactly. Well, first of all, the rush usually is because we're doing something that doesn't actually fulfill us in that moment, mm -hmm. right? So that's yeah. the first step. Get to the next. Exactly. Yes. Shift into the space where you're en enjoying what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. You're not focused on completing it. You're focused on being here in the moment. Yes. And I think that's ultimately what your entire message is focused on being here in the moment. I mean, one of your chapters chapters is actually called be here now. Be here now. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you bring yourself, it's all about bringing yourself back to your soul and what feels good for you and removing the limitations that we have created as a society in, in this world that we're living in and choosing to create something new, something that we've never seen before and allowing yeah. our souls to guide us in that space. So mm -hmm. I would love to know, 
I have one last question and then I don't know if Ange has any other questions that she wants to um, ask. I, I do have one more just to, okay. to pre-warn everybody. <laughs> okay. um, so I'd love to know because you, you talk about in the book reminding the reader that you're also human, right? Even mm-hmm. though you've written the book, you've channeled these messages from your soul, but you are still human. So I'd love to know what messages are you constantly reminding yourself of in this phase of life? Mm. This is such a funny question because, uh, well, it's just making me laugh because my mom and my sister now keep quoting my own book at me and like throwing my own words in my face. (laughs) It's so funny. Um, But like I was saying, Sydney, before we started recording, I was saying I've been going through it lately with the emotional like I kind of set these set this intention to release anything that's weighing on me, that's not serving me, any identities I need to shed. Kind of in, set that intention about five weeks ago, and actually dived into a group program where we're doing specifically just shadow and release work. Because I was like, yeah, I know that that's the most transformative work there is: feeling your feelings, releasing them, transmuting them. So I kind of invited all of this crap to bubble up. And then wasn't quite ready for the roller coaster that I was about to get on and have just been going through it emotionally, like stuff that I kind of stuffed down from those teen years where my body image was really, really such an issue, Um, like stuff from past relationships. So a lot of my own triggers from the past have been coming up in my own limiting beliefs and things around worth. And a a big one for me is... um, that that desire like i said i wanted to do a ted talk i wanted to be a best-selling author and i've been forced lately to really look at like why do we have that need to be someone significant or to like Mm -hmm. have this big achievement you know what i mean and and then when i look at my life it's always been a pattern where i've tried so hard to be known for something other than my story other than my you know diseases or disabilities or my scoliosis I wanted to be known for so much more than that because my soul is so much more than that but I was seeking it from external sources so I would always try to find the thing I could master the thing I could be the best at and I would always come up short I'm like the second place third place runner up that's been the pattern in my life and so I was just talking to my sister about this and she was kind of quoting my own book to me and being like but you don't, you don't need that external validation to be like great at something. You don't need to be a best-selling author. And, and I was like, you're so right. And you know what? Even like a number one best-selling book, that's going to fall to number two and number mm-hmm. three at some point, right? Like nothing is permanent. So then what would happen if my identity were placed on being a number one best-selling author and then suddenly a new book comes along and now I'm only number two and I'm only number three. And then I'm only number 600 and whatever is like, I'm at like, thank God I didn't go there and attach my worth to that. Mm -hmm. So that's the work that I've been doing most lately is, is wait, remember not seeking external validation or um, approval from anyone and just releasing that. I love that. That's exactly what I'm moving through right now. That's exactly how I'm feeling. Not seeking that external validation, coming back to this moment here and now, how can I experience goodness? Um, and yeah, making sure that my actions aren't guided by that external yes. validation. Mm-hmm. Mm. So good. Oh, we're so, so good. in sync. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Okay. So I have one last question and well, it's, it's kind of a two-part question. So I originally had it split up into two, but I'm just going to say it's a two-part question. It's kind of two, but here we go. <laughs> so I'd love to know what your favorite part of the book is and why. And I also want to know if there's a piece of advice that you willingly left out or one that you wish you included in the book. Mm. Okay. I will say before I forget to answer the second one, I'll answer the second one first. I will say, I wish, I don't know if I even touched upon it, but now I'm like, oh my God, this needed its whole, its own chapter. I wish I had a whole chapter on the power of forgiveness Mm. forgiveness so I talk a lot about releasing your own emotions and false identities and things you've taken on but it's also so important to release forgiveness resentment blame shame anything that comes from not forgiving people because I it's so powerful I'm like how is this not its own chapter in the book so forgiveness work is powerful. I talk about it a lot with my clients and I have practiced it a lot for myself, but it's, I think it's barely in the book. So I would add that in. And then my favorite part of the book um, is probably the chapter where I talked about uncovering the real you and recognizing what was ego and what was not actually the real you. So there's one chapter where I talk about um, and how your triggers can be your guides, right? Your emotions are your best guides and they can show you where work needs to be done and things need to be healed. So I talk about how I got triggered by this very popular, beautiful, blonde girl who hurt my feelings, did something that hurt me. And then this old ego identity that I developed in childhood and teenage years as a defense mechanism of like sarcastic, witty, you know, quick-witted, like no one can hurt me because I'm sarcastic and I'm just going to pretend I don't care about popular girls and pretend I don't care about popular boys. And I'm going to like say little remarks and hurt them before they can hurt me basically, or reject mm. them before they can reject me. And that's not me as a soul, right? Of course, that's not me as a soul, but it's something I developed through my human experience and through my ego. And so that got triggered in adulthood and it reared that part of me reared its ugly head like that part of my ego and that really that really stung and that really hurt me for the longest time because I hate hated the fact that I hurt someone else so that forgiveness to myself was huge and I also just now I have so much gratitude that that all happened because that clearly needed to come up to be healed and it was a huge lesson but um, yeah, my favorite part was where I'm talking about how that's not me and the real me is not afraid to just say my feelings got hurt, that hurt. And like, it's okay. Like Emily, the soul is soft and vulnerable and open and she can wear her heart on her sleeve. So I'm loving coming back into that real version of myself. So that's probably my favorite part in the book. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. I just, love that. Just so hearing much. that. I'm like, okay, hey, I need to read this now. Like, <laughs> I'm not waiting for the audible. I will read it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sold another copy. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's it. <laughs> That's so, I love that so much because it's that reminder that when we choose to be vulnerable, when we choose to listen to our soul in however it feels right. Like if we are hurt, 
when we vulnerably share that, we create stronger connections in our life. And then we've got other souls. We've got other spirits here that are like, yes, let's get together and let's be a team and let's continue. Right. So vulnerability, I think, is a beautiful way to to create deeper connection in our life. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to thank you so much for coming on and joining us and sharing more about you and your story and this message that you have to share with the world and how it can impact everyone. Can you let us know where our listeners can find the book? Oh, absolutely. And thank you both so, so much for having me on your platform and for carrying this amazing conversation. Um, So you can find the book on Amazon. It should be in most marketplaces. Uh, So you just search Whole Damn Fire by Emily Ann Brandt. And I believe it's $8.99 US on Amazon, but coming soon, hopefully to Audible. And I'm working on an ebook version of it as well. That's awesome. We'll, we'll leave the link in the description of this episode. So if you guys, wherever you're listening to the episode, check out the description, it will be linked right there. And lastly, where can people find you online? How can people continue to follow you and your story? Yeah, thanks. I am everywhere at Emily Ann Brandt. So it's Ann with an E and then B-R-A-N-T. That's my, I hang out the most on Instagram and I'm starting to build some <laughs> momentum on TikTok as well. So it's Emily yes. Ann Brandt on TikTok and Instagram. Love it so much. You guys should definitely check her out on Instagram. I absolutely love every post you create, Emily. It always speaks oh, to my soul. You. And I'm like, I needed to Yours hear that. Too. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yours love too. it so much. Uh, so we wrap up every single episode with a little card reading just to bring a little bit more guidance into our week and maybe a deeper um, message that, that we might need to remember or, or a different perspective. So I'm going to jump in and shuffle the cards here. Yes. So fun. Emily, this is, fun. this is literally my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Whoa, this cause so it cool. literally ties in somehow. <laughs> thank you universe into everything that we've always chatted about. So I, at the end of, of this card reading, I would love to hear your perspective in not only how the card related to this conversation, but also how you think you can carry this forward in your life moving on. Okay. Let's do it. So I'm just going to say something really quick and then I'm going to pass it on to you, Emily, because of course this is the card that came I'm like, forward. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> We've got fire passion. So, I mean, come on, the book is called whole damn fire. Emily talks <laughs> oh about gosh. finding your soul passion, <laughs> uncovering a life that you're passionate about and creating that ripple effect in the world. Oh so gosh. Emily quickly, what, what pops up intuitively for you on fire passion? Oh my goodness. I, wow. I'm like speechless because yeah, literally the book is called the whole damn fire because it's about, um, so the short story is it's about not just letting people see that little inner spark in you flickering once in a while. It's about being the whole damn fire, letting your soul come out and letting it come all the way out, being fully you bringing the full emergence of more you to everything that you do that's how you work your light and you become the fire and what's everything attracted to and drawn to it's drawn to the light so everybody work your light be the fire that is amazing (laughs) and okay every time I hear light I, I have to say this because I think this has just been something that I've been personally struggling with in my life is actually owning that light 
And yep. I, I hate to admit it, but like, here I am, I'm, I'm here to be vulnerable. I'm here to be honest with myself in order yeah. for me to, of course, break through that pattern. But it's so funny because my name, my full name is Angelina. It's a name that my parents have amalgamated together. And through that amalgamation, the definition of my name means messenger of light. So every single time I wow. hear the word light, I'm like, Ange, you, you got to be this light so you can create and send that message. And just how you explain the whole purpose of the book, like being the whole damn fire. I had full body chills, like a full body. Yes. I'm like, Oh my gosh, Emily, like this is just what I needed to hear. Maybe this is why I haven't read the book. Cause I needed to hear not only not why I should read it, but why it's (laughs) again, just to raise that, um, uh, what were you saying earlier? Like, um, oh my goodness, the, the, the higher collective consciousness, right? Like it's just creating that deeper awareness within ourselves. So yeah, let's be the whole damn fire people. (laughs) Yes. And thanks for sharing that Angie, because you're not alone. So many people are not only afraid of failure, they are deathly afraid of their light. They're so afraid of shining and being seen. So that's, we'll talk more offline. That's that's, it. Thank you for sharing. That's beautiful. So good. So many beautiful messages filled up in this episode. I know I'm going to come back and re-listen to it because I love hearing everything that you have to share, Emily. And I know I'm going to go back and reread. I'm going to buy a physical copy. Uh, it comes in paperback. And because I want to make notes, I want to highlight yeah. my favorite spots. <laughs> like, oh, it's just there's so much magic in 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 your book and in your energy and i'm so excited for everyone to be able to connect to it so thank you again so much for being here and being in this space and thank you for uh you listeners for pressing play and choosing to connect with us in this conversation we are sending you all so much love and light and strength as you choose to follow and release your whole damn fire with the world Uh, until next time i hope you have a great day bye everyone